0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Today, I'm lucky enough to be speaking with Alex from Wild Rose Events. Alex and I spoke on the phone for quite a while, and she gave so much good advice um, that I've actually decided to split this episode up into two. So part one is already on um, my Spotify and Apple and all the other podcast pages, and what you're listening to now is actually part two. So it follows on directly from the first episode. However, to be honest, you can probably watch them or listen to them in either order doesn't really matter but anyway enjoy the rest of the episode thanks how common is it for somebody to pay for all their guests alcohol versus uh have it just like a normal bar where they pay for themselves
1: so um in terms of weddings now there mostly is is packages so you essentially um, have a standard drinks package for a venue, which is beer, wine, and um, just beer, wine, and cider normally. Um, And spirits are usually an optional extra that you can either have your guests pay for, or you might put money behind the bar that allows um, for spirits to be served. Um, But even with a DIY, um, you essentially are still paying for your alcohol um, because you're having to have a um, RSA staff serve that alcohol. So, Gone are the days that um, a lot of people are, you know, are making or choosing their guests to pay for their own alcohol at a wedding. Um, more or less, it's going to be included in some way, whether it's going to be a DIY or whether it's going to be a drinks package at a venue.
0: So, planning a wedding obviously a really big task, and people are going to be very excited. Maybe mixed emotions. They may be a little bit stressed. What's your advice? for making sure somebody actually really enjoys their wedding? Like you know, they take time to smell the roses and they have a great time. What's your advice for for that?
1: Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question, Mitch. Uh, What I would suggest to our couples is take a step back, remember what your day is about. You know, it's, it's going to be perfect because you're both going to be standing there and you're both going to be marrying each other. And that's, and that's the most important thing. Um, we, we get so consumed in the idea that everything has to be perfect on the day. It's the little imperfections that make a day perfect. Um, I would strongly suggest to our couples is take some intimate time. I call it golden hour. Um, after you've had your meal and I assure you, you are going to need to eat. And that's the one thing that I will give a tip to all of our couples. Please, please eat on your wedding day. The day goes so quickly and I want you guys to absorb it and enjoy every second of it. But take take about 15 minutes and, and go in for golden hour where you guys just take 15 minutes together and you spend some time and you, just, and you just sit and talk with one another and you just take it in. You just look into your reception space watching everyone mingle, watching everyone having a fantastic time, and that's what it's all about. Um, don't, get, don't get absorbed and stressed in the small stuff. Um, having, having a coordinator there on the day really does help in that, in that circumstance as well because you're not having to, to more or less worry about going racing down um, to the reception space with hair rollers in your hair. Um, someone else is doing that for you. So I would suggest to our couples, if you do anything in the planning process, is look at getting an on-the-day coordinator. If it's not the full wedding planning service and, and you don't have to have that, but I would more or less strongly suggest having a coordinator there on the day to be able to cover the little things there on the day, which is setting up, styling, making sure all your vendors are on time and on schedule. And those are the things that you don't have to worry about. I want you guys to be sipping champagne, drinking a beer cheesing with your friends and then spending it with your loved ones and that's the most important thing on your day is don't sweat the small stuff it's it's all going to incorporate into your day and you'll look back at it and you think why did I even bother stressing about that it was so minor and it's actually made my day perfect okay
0: yeah talk me through making a wedding timeline and what are some things to look out for things that people often get wrong
1: Yeah, so the wedding timeline is probably one of the most consuming parts of of my role as a wedding planner and a coordinator. So it's all the little details that our couples seem to forget what goes into the day. So, in in a timeline, it starts from start to finish. So, it more or less takes into account when the bride's getting her hair and makeup done, what time we want the photographer to be there. what time the speeches are going to be starting to happening, what time the cake's going to arrive. And it's more or less people forget what time people need to be on site. I, I had a couple that totally forgot to have on their, their run sheet and I came in as a last-minute um, vendor what time the celebrant was meant to be there. They just kind of thought that the celebrant would turn up half an hour before and uh, and everything would be fine and the speaker would be on site. It doesn't happen like that. We we need to have our vendors um timelined in where they need to be and and also we need to remember that these vendors may may have never actually seen this venue before so in terms of setup we have to direct them as to where they're going to go they we can't assume that they're going to know exactly where the ceremony location is going to be and exactly where the reception space is going to be so it's more or less being able to detail all of the intricate information on that that run sheet and then distributing that out to all of your vendors at least a minimum a month before because it allows for question time. So I, I always try and, you know, pass this out a minimum of four weeks before. It allows every single vendor to get in touch with me, ask questions. Uh, but those are the little things that that couples seem to forget is who's going to style the space on the day. And it's it's ultimately not up to anyone else other than them to be able to tell the venue manager, um, how to style the space, essentially. So it's it's the little things that they seem to forget, like what time is the cake arriving? Where is the cake going to be placed? Uh, what time is the celebrant arriving? What time do you want our photographer to be there? Are they going to more or less get uh, getting ready photos? Uh, and then allowing you enough time logistically to be able to get from their accommodation to the actual ceremony as well. And that's a big thing that our couples seem to forget is uh, travel time <laughs> um, and pack-up time. We, we've also got to remember how much equipment uh, so the photographers are lugging from one space to the other. Um, it, it's it's those little things that they seem to forget.
0: I know a lot of venues provide a, a day of coordinator or a, a venue manager for their couples. What's the difference between a wedding coordinator such as yourself and someone employed by a venue? Where do, where do responsibilities fall?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good question, Mitch. So a venue manager more or less is essentially in control of the venue itself. So they're managing all of their staff on the day. So whether that being um, an on on-site caterer, bar staff managing the if it's if it's part of their duty is managing the set of the tables and the cutlery, uh, and also managing essentially all of their staff uh, to ensure that that is is running on the day. Um, but essentially, they're not in charge of doing a, a detailed timeline run sheet, um, which is the difference than in, in in my case where I have fully personalized service, where I would be doing a detailed run sheet. That's not the venue manager's role. Uh, it's not the venue manager's role to contact the photographer four weeks before to say, "Hey, Mitch, are we you know are we still on for twelve o'clock that you are going to to get those getting ready photos with the bride and groom." It's not their job. So as a coordinator, the difference is for me as a coordinator, that is my role to ensure that the celebrants are arriving an hour before, that the photographer is going to be there an hour before if they're not getting getting ready photos. It's it's the personalised service and the difference between dividing between venue manager and coordinator on the day. Um, the venue will do what they need to do in terms of ensuring that your day will run perfectly from a point of view from the venue point of view and what they've gotten in their package and what they're meant to be providing you. But me as a wedding coordinator, it's fully personalized service to ensure that all of you vendors are there on the day and on time on the day and ensuring that that detailed run sheet is distributed to all of your staff and your vendors and making sure that everything runs smoothly. Um, and it's the the finer details as well, whether you've got styling items, that's what I'm there running around on the day. um, ensuring that everyone's bumping in on time, ensuring that their insurances are up to date. Um, and again, that that's my duty as well, is to ensure that all of your vendors that you've gotten are fully insured so then I can distribute that to the venue as well.
0: Yep. Let's walk through, in general terms, how long each part of the day takes. So how long does it normally take for somebody, how long do they need to carve out for getting ready?
1: So as... as um, for a bride, um, it really is dependent on how many, I guess, how many bridesmaids and if you're having a bridal party. So more or less, if you've got, say, a bridal party of five um, and you've got, say, a ceremony for four o'clock, we would be more or less wanting you to start and getting ready no later than seven o'clock in the morning. So it usually takes about an hour to an hour and a half per person for hair and about an hour on average for makeup. So for timesing that by however many people that you've got so you as yourself as the bride and if you've got five bridesmaids and that's six people it's more or less going to take us six to seven hours of getting ready time if you if you're looking at it from start to finish um, in terms of segmenting it down into each portion of the day the longest part is is getting ready um for for the females um, it, it's um, it takes us a lot of time to look good mitch um, and then in terms of your photography i'd be allowing at least an hour um, minimum for getting ready photos. So um, for the guys, you'd be looking at an hour um, to, to mock getting into your suits. Um, and I say that to a lot of my, my couples and the guys look at me like, oh, do I have to get ready twice? Um, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, getting into your suits and then and then slipping out of them um, so you can you know go for a swim if that's what you want to do on your day. Um, but I always leave on the run sheet Um, Our brides, if we've got one photographer, getting ready last um, because I want to be able to get her into her dress just before she's looking at getting in that car. So we usually go about an hour, an hour and a half before uh, we're looking at basically placing her in the car ready to go off to the ceremony. We always leave her last. Um, The last thing I want to do is make a a bride get into her dress twice um, and then leaving her standing there getting sort of hot and sticky as well. Um, so the longest part is probably the first portion of the day for, for the bride and groom to get ready. And then the second part for the longest part is, is essentially the setup as well. So I'm always arriving um, and my coordination services always cover at least minimum six hours of coordination time. This allows me a good three hours of setup time, ensuring that the vendors have bumped in, the styling of the tables, the reception space is, is sorted. And also the ceremony space as well. We want to ensure that all of that is ready to go well and truly at least a minimum of an hour to an hour and a half before ceremony time, um, ensuring that reception space is fully set up as well. The last thing that we want is anyone racing in and out of the reception space while we've got guests arriving at the at the ceremony as well.
0: Okay. And how long does the average ceremony go for?
1: So an average ceremony usually takes around sort of half an hour to 40 minutes. Um, we've we've seen a lot shorter so legal only sort of ceremonies can take you know as as little as 15 minutes it's really just about how how personalized and um, and the sort of style of of ceremony that you want as well Uh, but on average a minimum is and a good time for a ceremony so it doesn't become sort of long-winded and dragged out is probably about a half an hour
0: okay And for photos following the ceremony, how long should we allow for that?
1: We should be allowing at least a minimum of about an hour. So I always tell my couples that um, taking into account that your half an hour is for your ceremony, so you will get photos of that ceremony in that space. We should be allowing at least 15 to 20 minutes ceremony, so you will get photos of that ceremony in that space. We should be allowing at least 50, 15 to 20 minutes of ceremony. It's so hard to wrangle. And as you know, Mitch, it's so hard to wrangle if you've got quite a large family and you've got um, and you've got aunts, uncles, grandmas, um, grandfathers, it's hard to wrangle them straight after when you've gone into a reception. It's very difficult to try and wrangle everyone together and get family portraits once they've gotten a few drinks into them. So I always suggest to do if you're looking at doing a group photo. Do that straight after the ceremony. Another one that's really hard to wrangle is a group photo. You more or less won't get one if you if you go straight into a reception. And then going straight into family portraits, allowing about fifteen to twenty minutes time for that. And then you've got about an hour um, until until a reception. So that's usually your bridal photo time.
0: Okay. And then reception, six PM till
1: whenever, really, right? yeah that's exactly right so the minimum time usually for venues for curfew is around 11 o'clock more or less you probably won't see a venue that goes until 12 o'clock usually is 11 11 30 is usually the cutoff okay
0: alex thanks so much for your time today if somebody wants to include you on their top three vendor list as we talked about earlier where can they go to find out what you do what you offer and why they should pick you
1: as a wedding planner absolutely so they can head over to my website which is wildroseevents.com.au you can ship me through an email at hello at wildroseevents.com.au and also I'm on socials as well so Instagram and Facebook
0: and thanks so much for listening everyone those links will be in the show notes if you want to find out where Alex is and what she does Uh, and thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to part two of the episode with Alex. If you've made it this far, it probably means you're planning a wedding or you're thinking about planning one. So make sure to head over to sigley.com.au forward slash download or click the top link in the show notes to download the tons of free wedding planning resources that I've got on my website. There's PDFs, there's checklists, all sorts there. So head on over and download those. And other than that, we'll see you in the next episode.